Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you may be in this world listening in to today's Poketan podcast with Car Journeys. My name is Brian, your host for today. Today's episode will be a summary of what has happened in the past week or so uh, regarding Pokemon, a new TCG One Piece, and also just what's happened with the greater market around the world. Pokemon has announced the next upcoming set for the Japanese sets, S11A Incandescent Arcana. And that'll be the fourth subset of the year. And they'll be reintroducing uh, character rares and radiant cards. The ones that you might be interested in are Alolan Vulpix V-Star, Reshiram V, and Radiant Jirachi. You heard that correct? They're bringing back Radiant in the main sets and not just in the Pokemon Go set. So they're really milking the shiny and all the shining variant cards this year, uh, starting from Shiny Star V in December of last year and Pokemon Go and now the main set as well. So if this will continue, um, who knows, but very likely it looks like from the trend. Um which is a good thing for collectors, I suppose. Uh, more Radiance to collect, but it also means that they're getting a lot more common. Other character rares that have been mentioned are uh, Brixen with Serena and Gardevoir with Diantha. So for the, those of you who enjoy your waifus, there's a couple for you guys to collect as well. For those of you who are One Piece fans, you'll be delighted to hear that there is a new trading card game for the franchise. It is released by Cardass Bandai just July this month, uh, around two weeks ago. And the so that's for the Japanese series release of the trading card game. And for the English series, it'll be released later this year uh, in the winter. So we can expect around October to December for that release. The exact date is not stipulated on the official website. The first set is called Romance Dawn with the set code OP-01. The set also comes with four starter decks and Luffy is featured in one of them. So in the initial release, the four starter decks were sold first, uh, closely followed by the main set booster box. And here in Hong Kong, all the products sold out really well uh, within the first week or so. In my opinion, the marketing done here locally was not that strong for the card game, so a lot of players didn't know about it uh, beforehand and weren't that hyped for it. So they didn't ask their shops much about pre-orders, and so consequently the shops didn't place uh, such large orders for the first set. And now when the product hit the sh uh, shelves and customers saw the uh, franchise with the new card game, they, they wanted to buy all of it. And so now there's not enough to go around. Uh, Bandai sees this, and so um, they've already announced that there will be a second and third wave release for the main booster boxes in August. Now, whether this is a reprint or just Bandai holding back stock to generate more hype for the first uh, release wave uh, is yet to be determined, uh, all up for speculation. But ultimately, hype is good for the card game with more people wanting to buy it, collect it, play it. Uh, it's good news. It's good news. Uh, now, Bandai did have a practice run of around two years with the Digimon trading card game. 
and hopefully they've learned valuable lessons with it alongside many, many of the card games they've released in the past 20 or so years. Now, Bandai likes to print to demand, um, and a lot of products that they see, if it's out of, if, if players demand it and it's out of print, they will just print it again and again and again. Like some sets for Digimon have been reprinted three, four times in the span of 18, 20 months, which is ridiculous in my opinion. Um, but it is what they do. And so uh, from a player standpoint, uh, for such a new uh, card game and a card game that has a strong uh, intellectual property IP, the franchise, um, I think it's it's very, very good news. It'll bring in a lot of new players. It'll, well, everybody's a new player, but it'll, it'll create a much larger, larger community at the beginning. So it hit a threshold amount. And once you get a large community, then there'll be uh, a lot more discussion um, about the card game and the franchise as a whole, right? People will talk about uh, meta decks, uh, competitive scene. They'll talk about collecting, um, uh, you know, sharing their, their rare polls, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's all good news. Um, and they have seen that it is evident that they're learning from uh, Digimon because of their, I think it's the BT06 um, releases when they had their chase card. That was really rare. Um, uh, with similar poll rates with the chase card they have in the main set, which I forgot what the name is already, but right now it's commanding a very high price on the uh, Japanese secondary uh, market. Uh, of course, as more uh, booster packs are open, those prices will drop, but it seems like they're incorporating a bit of uh, chase cards, just like sports cards, in the booster box, as well as just general playability to keep up demand from both the collector side and also the uh, player base, which is really good, really good to see. Um, and for everybody else who wants to play English, um, it's very likely that English will be the official language for your tournaments. Um, and that's just how Bandai operates. So, and it makes sense, right? They need to sell their English product and they need to sell their Japanese product. And if you can just use your Japanese product for your English tournament, then who would buy English if you've already bought into Japanese? So that's why they do what they do. It's all business at the end of the day. Uh, so if you can hold out, then just wait until the winter release for the English sets. If not, then just uh, buy some of the Japanese products. Yeah, um, they're not that expensive anyways. Uh, well, they shouldn't be. I know right now there are some hyped up prices, right? There's, there's only been one release wave so far, but um, with come end of Oct uh, August, uh, there'll be two more release waves. So we should be seeing prices normalize very quickly. For those of you interested in playing the card game, there is an official app that you can download. And in the app, it, there's actually English this time, unlike Digimon when it was all in Japanese. But anyways, in the app, it'll teach you how to play the card game, which is really cool. Um, and if you guys don't want to do that, then just go on to YouTube. There's a lot of content creators right now who have uh, made videos teaching us how to play the card game. And I saw that some people even imported their decks into a tabletop simulator and played that way or done a demo that way. I personally haven't tried Tabletop Simulator yet, so I don't know how that works. But if uh, you can just easily import a card game, the entire deck into it, then um, for those of you who don't want to spend into Japanese cards uh, just so that you have to buy again into the English uh, training card game come winter, uh, then maybe just using the Tabletop Simulator is a good uh, solution to solving uh, the itch to wanting to play the card game 
without having to spend money in the Japanese series. Now to come back to Pokemon and the uh, graded card market, in general, the entire market should continue to drop for 6 to 12 months, um, and that's related to recession. We'll talk about that further in a bit. Um, locally, what I see with uh, various collectors and flippers is that they've uh, scaled back on their operations or they've just stopped completely, um, mostly just because the the secondary market prices are not there, right? So if they can't sell uh, their graded cards quickly for profits, then they it doesn't make sense for them to continue accumulating slabs, whether on the secondary market or by buying raw cards and grading them. So that's that. That's just what I see. And so when you see all those uh, people who used to do it every month uh, or every couple months uh, send off, you know, a, a package of hundred cards to get graded with PSA or BGS and they're not doing it anymore, uh, you can expect there's a lot more people who are just making the same choices. And so therefore there'll be a lot more uh, cards coming back from guys who have graded previously in the past six months. Okay, so that will continue to be released in the market as everybody continues to need cash. And uh, there's fewer people grading. So we can also expect PSA and BGS uh, grading prices to come down as they've uh, done so in the past uh, three to six months, which is good news for uh, passionate collectors, uh, but for guys who are very um, ingrained in making a profit and flipping all that kind of stuff, then it might be bad news. And that's just how the market works, the ebbs and flows of it. It goes up and goes down, right? So that's nothing new for anybody. And next we'll talk about recession. Um, and while we're talking about this is because it impacts everybody, um, how big everybody's wallets are and how much they can spend on all their hobbies and uh, collectibles and card games. So first of all, are we in a recession? So there are a lot of different metrics actually to use to measure that. Um, and one way to measure it is with the stock market. If we've dropped more than 10% from all time high, it's called a correction, which is supposed to be normal. And if we drop 20% from all time high, it's supposed to be a recession, 20% or more. Now we've hit that 20% ages ago, uh, but because the government um, doesn't want to scare the general population, um, and doesn't want the general population to lose confidence in the in the market because it'll, it'll spark a sell-off, right, in the stock market. Uh, and that's a downward spiral. That's not good, uh, understandably. So then they try to put that off by saying, okay, uh, this is not the only metric uh, we'll be using for uh, assessing if it's a recession, so let's use something else. And other, something else they can use is uh, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, okay? So uh, one quarter is three months, so that's basically six uh, months of a negative GDP growth, two quarters. And before, a couple months ago, they kept insisting, hey, we're not in a recession yet because we only have one quarter of negative GDP. Um, and now they've just released the uh, second quarter's results, and it's also negative, which means that by this metric, we are also uh, in a recession. Now, using this metric is by its very definition, uh, looking back uh, in time, right? We're looking back at the previous three months, which means that this is a, a lagging indicator. 
Whereas using the uh, 20% drop from uh, all-time high in the stock market is it's much more immediate, so it's much faster. Um, but there's times, of course, where the stock market performance s- is quite different to the actual uh, GDP performance of the country. So, yeah. Um, so th- there are strengths and weaknesses to each indicator. Um, you just need to understand that. Uh, but... N- What's important is that it's really uh, solid that right now we're we're definitely in a recession, which is not good news for everyone. So this brings us into uh, inflation. Now, inflation is now rather high at 9.1% in the U.S. uh, for this year alone. And this is very impacting because if you saved $100 from last year and you wanted to spend it this year, it would only buy you around $91 worth of goods and services. And if you uh, didn't spend it this year and spend it next year, it'd be deducted by another 10%, so you're only getting around $80 uh, worth of goods and services with that same $100 you earned two years prior. So you're taking an invisible pay cut every year, and it's, it's crazy. It's such a big problem. That's why governments around the world aren't trying their best to control it right now without shocking the economies into a recession. And it's a very delicate balancing act. And they do this by increasing interest rates. That's typically what they do and what they've been doing right now. Um, Now, we won't really go into that topic of interest rates. Uh, It gets a bit more complicated. Uh, We're talking more about inflation. And so inflation is a a basket of goods, right? Different countries and different different indices use different uh, items in their basket. But just know that there are different items all grouped together in a basket, which should represent an, the goods that an average household buys. Um, and not every item in that basket is affected equally by various factors that cause that rise in inflation. So the... One of the big factors is fuel, uh, fuel prices. And that's largely impacted by the war in Ukraine with Russia. Um, yeah, and so f- in the past 12 months alone, um, the cost of crude oil has increased by at least 50%. Um, it's come down from uh, the highs of this year, uh, but it's already around 50% increase, which is a lot, a lot, like $60, $70 a barrel to, what, $100 right now. That's, yeah, that that's a huge increase, which is not normal. Um, and so that's part, we need fuel f- to run practically everything, right? Like everything needs logistics to be delivered, and logistics relies on vehicles that use fuel. Um, and then, of course, there's, uh, you know, in the winter, you need to heat your house, fuel, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's one of the large components, which would disappear overnight if the war ended. So that's something that no government policy um, in in Taiwan, in China, in, in U.S., in Canada can impact. So that's a portion of the inflation that can that, that they have no control over. Um, and there's other things too, like, uh, for example, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline, which is the main pipeline uh, 
owned by Russia uh, that supplies gas to the European Union. Uh, they've basically closed it for 10 days, citing maintenance. And then when they reopened it, they only uh, returned to 40% of previous operating capacity. And they gave some excuse for that, uh, which the EU isn't buying. And now they've reduced it further to just 20% of capacity this week. So you can so there are these factors from large players like Russia where um, they're impacting fuel prices, and there's nothing that raising interest rates will do to that. Okay, and next would be other government policies like in China where um, they have a, a zero COVID policy, and so when there is a small outbreak in any city, they'll sh shut it down, they lock it down. Um, or they'll at least largely limit the movement of people. And so which means that there's a lot of uh, businesses that suddenly halt their operations. And if that city has a large uh, operating port, shipping port for sending goods uh, to the rest of the world, then those shipments are on hold or at least drastically reduced in operation. And this has various knock-on effects uh, to the entire shipping schedule for the rest of the year, right? So it's massive. The impacts are massive. And that is based on government policy. And if that policy were to change, then a lot of that, uh, th those supply chain issues would go away. And so then the cost would come down for those businesses, right? Like imagine if you need to buy clothes, large lots of clothes or electronics from China and they need to be shipped over and suddenly you have to delay by two, three months and then uh, they need to hire more people to get it done because everybody's been locked down then their costs are going up, which means their, the, these businesses' costs are going up. And so you buying that shirt, that computer, um, or that box of cards is going to be higher. And businesses just pass on the costs, the higher costs to consumers. <laughs> it's unfortunate how it is, which is why there's inflation, right? So that is also something that they, they can impact, like uh, the Fed increasing interest rates won't impact that. Uh, so that's just a very long-winded way of saying that the increase in interest rates, the things that the Fed can do, are limited in impacting uh, the runaway inflation. So we should expect inflation to stay for quite a while longer. Uh, wars don't end uh, within a year. It's, it hasn't even been a year yet uh, for the Ukraine war with Russia. Um, yeah, and it seems like COVID is here to stay uh, with a lot of countries just opting to live with it um, so we probably will be having 10 percent inflation next year um, and who knows uh, what will happen afterwards and coupled with the recession obviously is not good news so hopefully everybody will just be mindful of this uh, with uh, what's to come now that's the summary for uh this week uh thanks for tuning in and i'll see you guys next time cheers